New Zealand finally has a new centre-right government to replace its outgoing Labour administration. The new government has agreed on tax cuts, spending cuts and a tweak to the Reserve Bank's targets. That's in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ's Group Chief Economist Richard Yetzinger looks ahead for the week in global markets and the economy and whether markets have been too aggressive in pricing in a soft landing. Now the risk is the markets pricing the Fed easing uh, too quickly and, and by too much. I don't think we're yet at the stage where the market will want to be talked out of what it's currently pricing. So I think it will tend to look at softer data uh, as consistent with an easing cycle coming in the not-too-distant future. Ultimately, I think the market will be disappointed, but that's a story for another day. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ. With US markets closed for Thanksgiving, there was plenty of treading of water in global stocks, bonds, currencies and commodities. However, the oil price fell again after the delay of an OPEC Plus meeting to increase output. The price of West Texas Intermediate fell another 2.5% to $75.17 US a barrel. Gold was one of the other big movers. It rose half a percent to $2,003.70 an ounce. We saw the Australian dollar relatively firm at 65.82 US cents this morning. And the New Zealand dollar is solid at 60.73 US cents as of 5 o'clock Sydney Melbourne time. Number two, New Zealand's new coalition will finally be sworn in today, more than six weeks after the election. And after Prime Minister-elect Christopher Luxon, who's the leader of the centre-right National Party, the equivalent of Australia's Liberals, finished negotiations with two other right-wing parties, New Zealand First under Winston Peters and ACT under David Seymour. ANZ's New Zealand Chief Economist, Sharon Zollner, took a closer look at the final coalition agreements to see what effect it might have on fiscal and monetary policy, in particular the dropping of a plan for a 15% tax on foreign buyers of homes worth more than $2 million. Yeah, so there are a few tweaks compared to National's policy platform, but overall I'd say it's probably largely as was expected. Uh, So National's got through its tax cuts, uh, but there is one important change. Uh, They are not going to be letting foreign buyers into the New Zealand housing market. Now, they were planning on raising some revenue that way by taxing foreigners. Uh, So that does mean that they're going to have to cut spending more than otherwise, though they don't particularly outline exactly where the axe is going to fall. Number three, national plans to offset the loss of revenues from that foreign buyer's tax with some extra spending cuts and also some tweaks to tax rebates for families from 2026. Here's Sharon again on what that means for the fiscal outlook. Perhaps the fiscal uh, out, the outlook is a little bit tighter, uh, but really that was pretty small in the scheme of things. We don't see this as a game changer for the fiscal or monetary policy outlook, though it certainly does create some winners and losers. Number four, one thing the new New Zealand government will change, as expected, is to return the Reserve Bank to only focusing on getting inflation down. It will take out its recently inserted mandate to support maximum full employment. Here's Sharon. Actually, monetary policy was one of the areas where there was agreement between the three parties that made up the coalition. So in that light, it wasn't surprising to see that it was agreed today that the requirement for the Reserve Bank to contribute to maximum sustainable employment was dropped. And so they will be changing the Reserve Bank Act to restore it to a sole focus on inflation. So in practice, that's 
probably not going to make much difference insofar as we don't think the inclusion of that extra objective has made much difference so far. But you can imagine a scenario where perhaps unemployment is is rising and getting a bit high, um, but inflation is still sticky, where there might be a perceived tension between those two objectives. I mean, a policy wonk could absolutely explain it away, but for the person on the street, I think uh, there could have been quite a comms challenge there that, that now um, is gone. Uh, it's, it's pretty straightforward now. Number five, we've yet to see figures for Black Friday or Cyber Monday globally, but there was some fresh retail sales data in New Zealand on Friday. ANZ New Zealand senior economist Miles Workman says the core retail volumes growth of 1% for the September quarter was better than expected, but probably not enough to budge the Reserve Bank. So in terms of the Reserve Bank's interpretation, I certainly wouldn't go as far as to say that uh, the Q3 data was strong by any means, uh, particularly when you consider uh, sales growth in per capita terms. That was still negative in Q3. Uh, But I would say there are some tentative signs uh, that the weakening trend that we have seen in retail sales is perhaps bottoming out. Now, the Reserve Bank, um, I don't think they're going to find that uh, premature bottoming out. Uh, But if we were to see things start to pick up sharply in in the very near term, uh, then the Reserve Bank might um, be a little bit worried that perhaps they haven't quite got CPI inflation in the bag just yet. Now, in terms of our GDP forecast, you could tee up the retail trade number as suggesting that perhaps there's just a teeny tiny bit of upside risk to our Q3 forecast. So we're currently forecasting a 0.3% quarter-on-quarter expansion for Q3 GDP. Um, You know, I think in big brush terms, the retail trade data were still broadly in line with that view, but just perhaps a smidgen of upside risk given the underlying details of the retail trade data. ANZ's Miles Workman there. Now, in our bonus deep dive interview, we hear from ANZ's Group Chief Economist, Richard Yetzinger, about the week ahead in global markets. Well, markets always get ahead of themselves one way or the other. I think now the risk is the markets pricing the Fed easing uh, too quickly and, and by too much. I don't think we're yet at the stage where the market will want to be talked out of what it's currently pricing. So I think it will tend to look at softer data uh, as consistent with an easing cycle coming in the not-too-distant future. Ultimately, I think the market will be disappointed, but that's a story for another day. So um, just thinking in, in Asia, what what do you think we should be focused on on there? I think the main issue in Asia is whether China can stabilise its economy. This uh, Last week, we saw more policy announcements in an effort to stabilise um, the property sector, effectively the, pro- the provision of liquidity from the central bank um, through the main commercial banks directly to the property sector. Um, look, that's very useful. There's no question about that. Anything which adds a sense of a floor under the property sector, I think, will be useful for expectations toward China. But we're still not quite there, at least in the market's mind, in terms of enough having been delivered to stabilise things. The PMI numbers in China will probably continue to show that the economy faces some challenges. And just finally, uh, in Australia, um, what did you make generally of uh, the Michelle Bullock speech and and how, how might um, the monthly CPI number this week uh, uh, play into, into the view on that? 
The RBA has uh, been using phraseology which is a bit more hawkish of late, certainly shifting away from a narrative that inflation had a significant supply or global component and arguing that the bulk of the inflation challenge today is because of domestic drivers. Personally, I think domestic drivers have been extremely important the entire way. So it may be the banks just talking about its research and its views, which actually have been within the organisation for some time, but they've chosen to change the narrative around what they talk about publicly. And on that basis, um, I think we should be careful not to be not to overreact. We're still in a situation where, where the Reserve Bank is probably on hold, but if they do anything in the short term, it's going to be a hike. ANZ's Richard Yetzinger there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Monday, November the 27th. Look out tomorrow for a deep dive interview about a new way to measure just how tight Australia's labour market is and therefore whether the RBA should raise or cut its cash rate. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.